I've been directly involved in the launch of over a dozen multi-site campuses through the churches I've led, and half of them have been in movie theaters. I'm convinced that every church leader should consider using a theater for your next campus or church plant. They're flexible, culturally relevant locations, typically in the center of the community that you're trying to reach. Regal is the only theater company with a dedicated team of full-time consultants ready to help your church launch and succeed in a movie theater. Check out Regal Theater church.com for more information on locations your church could use. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host here, and I am so honored that you've taken some time out of your busy week. We know that you've got a lot going on at your church, and we're honored that you would pop us in your earbuds and listen in uh, to today's conversation. Uh, you're going to be rewarded for that because we've got an incredible guest. Uh, this is going to be a great, you know, 20 minutes, just jam-packed. Uh, we've got Todd Adkins with us. He is currently with uh, Lifeway uh, Resources in the leadership group, does some amazing work over there. Uh, it was previously at McLean Bible, uh, an executive pastor there. Uh, Todd, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Oh, I'm so glad that you've uh, you know taken some time out to be with us today. Why don't you kind of give us the Todd story? Give us the you know two minute. Who is Todd Adkins? Well, it all started when I was just a twinkle <laughs> in my father's eye. Nice. No, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, literally one stoplight in the county. Grew up in smaller churches <clears throat> and learned a ton uh, a ton about leadership and everything from. Uh, my father, who's a pastor, my uncles are pastors, like everybody's a pastor. Mm-hmm. It didn't start out that way, um, but that's how it ended up. Uh, <laughs> when I was when I was eight, my dad became a pastor, and then uh, everybody else did, it seemed like, in our family. But the interesting thing there is he never went to seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a little bit of, uh, of uh, you know, kind of certificate kind of work, mm-hmm. um, but he never went. I ended up going to seminary after uh, college. I was a philosophy and speech major, philosophy oh, and rhetoric. Nice, nice. So, you know, it's either I become a lawyer or go to seminary. I thought I was going to go on the mission field at the time mm-hmm. and um, ended up at Southern because it was close to my parents' house and my parents would pay for it. Nice. Uh, so I went there. They had an incredible leadership school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had two mentors there that completely changed uh, who I am and, and how I um, interact with with the world and how I lead. That was Brad Wagner, who was over the, he was the Dean of the leadership school. And prior to that was a a gentleman named Warren Benson, Mm. who, um, was at DTS. He was three days older than Moses when he was at at, (laughs) at Southern. So he was in his eighties and still coming in, uh, and, and teaching, but he did, um, he like team taught with Hendrix when Hendrix was a student, Howard Hendrix. Uh, and you know, the legacy that he has through the books that he edited and the people that he worked with both in church and on seminary staff was absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing. So if I learned anything from him, it was the power of story and Mm -hmm. case study Mm -hmm. and, uh, how important those pieces are, um, both to the poetry and plumbing of leadership development. Um, I think what our seminaries do a great job is teaching us the poetry part Mm. And they miss out on the plumbing. And leadership mm. is poetry and plumbing. Mm. It's vision that inspires, but it's also the systems and processes that deliver. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing for us to get up and uh, and you know create a clear conviction for development in our church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people get into the process. They get into the systems of our church, and things don't add up. 
And right. so um, that is what I'm probably, that is what I'm most passionate about is seeing um, some of the old systems that were in place and processes that were in place, you know, prior to 30 years ago uh, were some great things. Mm. Uh, and, you know, we've gone from maps to menus and we're not better for it. We're not mm. better for, you know, a, a Netflix mentality of church because we do need to take people on a journey that is thoughtful, intentional, now more than ever um, mm -hmm. with how much information people are overloaded with. Sorry that was longer than two minutes. No, no, and no. I probably funny. didn't do a whole, whole lot of <laughs> No, no, that's wonderful. I also have a wife and three kids, oh, uh, nice. seven, five, and three. Well, it just turned four. Nice. So that's also, you know, that very you interesting. Busy. keeps you in trouble. And, uh, <laughs> leading in the home as well. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Why don't you tell us about your time at McLean? That, obviously, uh, a great church. Um, you were, you know, pinnacle or, or, or right at the center of their kind of multi-site expansion, uh, you know, over the last 10 years or, you know, 10 plus years ago. Um, why don't you kind of give us a sense of what was going on there? Um, what was going on there is it was a church that uh, was really growing mm -hmm. um, in the D.C. metro area. Uh, we had all kinds of zoning and legal issues all the time. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, one of the reasons why we went to multi-site was just to continue to grow and to continue to reach DC for Christ. So right. we knew we could do a better job of that than, you know, from, you know, coming from Tyson's corner in Northern Virginia over into the city or, you know, in different parts of Maryland and around the beltway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the vision there was to be sure everybody around the beltway had a Bible believing, you know, uh, church and at that time there wasn't that many now since then in the last 10 years holy cow there are mm -hmm. so many church plants mm -hmm. that have come in there mm -hmm. uh there's so many young sharp aggressive leaders um but for a while there were only like four or five of us in my opinion <laughs> that fit that fit that statement so you had cat bap and um first prez and a, a couple other people but mm -hmm. anyway long story short it was our way of um expanding our, our reach and influence and, and really uh, getting the gospel into different parts. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we know people are usually open to community before they're open to conversion. So it's really getting in there and um, making those initial connections. So uh, in starting campuses, when we got to the third one, that's when the wheels kind of fell off. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when, you know, the the way that you used to do it doesn't really doesn't work, work anymore. anymore. It might actually hurt you. If yeah. you don't have your, your governance worked out and especially decision rights. Mm -hmm. um, so we had, you know, bucket one, bucket two, bucket three, uh, kind of a Lencioni thing mm -hmm. from politics, silos and turf wars um, where we said bucket one is our core DNA. You cannot change that. Now mm -hmm. that is not, you know, the way we do children's ministry, unless you're that big on the way you do children's ministry. Right. That's your core values. That mm -hmm. that's you know the the main things that make you who you are. Um, so then, uh, bucket two is maybe. So that's you know a little bit more. Um, that comes to a strategy team and they decide whether or not that happens. And then bucket three, man, that's done in a working group where mm -hmm. you've got all children's people together um, and they're you know wrestling through that. And you know there's different transitions that happen uh, in those different stages of of growth. So. Mm -hmm. We ended up with um, a bunch of campuses <laughs> before it was all over. And short. But to get there, we really had to, to dig in and uh, address some things that were out of whack. Mm. Uh, our systems, our structure, 
uh, our processes all needed to be audited and streamlined mm-hmm. to make that happen. And, you know, any entropy is a natural thing. So right. entropy is, you know, things fall apart on their own. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's a constant um, course correction of bringing things back. And believe it or not, you know, your, your systems speak as much into your culture as the, the poetry pieces mm-hmm. because that's the day-to-day thing. Um, where those things are fleshed out and, and also your values, all those things. If you want your values to move from being aspirational to actual, you have to address that in your systems, your processes, your training. Mm-hmm. Uh, that simply will not happen. You, you can't just do it from a stage once a week. Can you give us some examples of a time, you know, where the plumbing was getting in the way of the poetry, you know, the stuff that you've maybe identify one of those. And then how did you pull that apart and to get better alignment so that they were, you know, pushing in the same direction? Totally. Uh, probably the the best example is um, for those people listening. If you know, depending on the size of your church, but the larger the church, probably the more misaligned you are and more siloed you are in your your different ministry areas. So, um, leadership applications. We did an audit. There were twenty six different wow. volunteer leader applications. <laughs> That's Let me crazy. Ask you a question. <laughs> When you come in and you serve at a church, um, a lot of our people serve in more than one area. Right. We often say it's the Pareto principle. It's the the, the 20% mm-hmm. that are serving mm-hmm. the other 80%. Right. And I would say we can rail on that, but in many cases it's our fault. Mm. Um, because when a person gets into that and they move from ministry to ministry, they're seeing a different application they're like why do i have to do this again mm-hmm. why do i have to do this training again mm-hmm. and in most churches it's it's onboarding mm-hmm. at best mm-hmm. when they say they do training um research lifeway research did um uh, uh research on 2000 pastors uh, 92% say that training is critical to the get health and growth of their church yet only one in four churches have any plan in place wow when you dig in deeper, it's onboarding. It's not, hey, I'm I'm doing ongoing training with my children's volunteers. I'm taking, I'm moving that. Uh, I, I'm I'm basically putting a, a warm body in place. I'm practicing leadership placement, not leadership development. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference there. So, sorry, I'm already chasing a rabbit. Really? Back to those things. Uh, <laughs> going from 26 to one is really painful because everybody thinks that they're so unique and so right. special right. that they have to have their own. But again. of the stuff that we need is the same. 80% of the questions that we would ask would be the same. So it's creating that template and then saying, hey, children's ministry, if you want to add an addendum to the back of that, you're more than welcome. But this is what we're, this is the information we're gathering and we're keeping in one database in one place. So we Mm -hmm. actually know what we're doing Mm -hmm. and we don't look like a bunch of jack wagons to the people attending our church. (laughs) Because somebody that's coming from the business world says, I don't know how this even works. I don't even know how this place functions. Right. Absolutely. Were there were there particular in that? Because I think that's a great example, and that's a great takeaway even for leaders that are listening in to say, you know, I wonder how many different applications there are out there. I would imagine a church over even a few hundred people, you start to get, um, you know, individual areas start to think that their stuff is you know super important, and they've got to ask it in just the right way. That would be a great takeaway, even how to you know to drive in on that. Were there particular areas that were um, you know resistant to that, and how did you deal yes. with the resistance of saying <laughs> you know and don't name any names, um, you know? of getting better alignment on that, even that issue? Well, I mean, you know, they're the traditional, um, there's the traditional areas of the church that happen on Sunday. Mm-hmm. 
uh, but there's a lot of church that happens between Sundays, or at least there should be. Right. Um, but the Sunday uh, Sunday morning ministries or Monday evening ministries, we had campuses, you know, going all through the week. But those those core ministries had problems mm-hmm. um, because you would have uh, the check-in procedure and diaper policy at a performing arts theater where we only have uh, access to the main lobby and mm-hmm. then a rehearsal room when we do children's in that space versus the mothership, which, you know, a hundred thousand square feet of children's space there. Right, it's right, amazing. Right. Yeah. It's the greatest thing you've ever. Yeah. And, and to, to help them process again, that whole 80, 20 thing, you know, 80% of the way we do preschool ministry should be the, the same. 80% mm-hmm. of the way we, um, train people and onboard people need to be the same. Mm-hmm. Again, I understand we have to have a different diaper policy because we don't have, mm-hmm. you know, a bathroom in every room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we might have different check-in procedures. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But don't throw away everything right. for those things. And when that's your area and that's your ministry and you own it day in and day out and you've got a, a something that's put into place that you feel like is working, mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're like, my, I'm barely, my head is barely above water now. And you're asking me to do what, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, you know, those are, those are big things. The other thing I would say is language is really important, um, mm-hmm. uh, because we would have one in one ministry area, you would have a coach and right. their job description would be very <laughs> similar to what was a coordinator in yes. another area. Yes. Very and true. so again, it's just aligning um, those systems and languages. Now I, you know, to go ahead and out myself. Uh, also we said, Hey, we want a one page job description for every role in the church. Right. From volunteer, um, of course to staff members, staff mm-hmm. members did have, have those and a couple ministry areas had those, but creating that template and where those buckets fall mm-hmm. are really important. Creating a core competency of, Hey, this is what we want all of our universal core competencies. This is what we want all of our leaders to know. Mm-hmm. This is what we want all our volunteers to know, our coaches to know, our ministry staff to know. Like if you're on ministry staff, you have to have this level of competency in discipleship, in our what our vision is, um, all those all those things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of multi-site churches struggle once you get beyond three or four locations. You, you struggle with the campus versus central conversation. You know how much um, you know how, how much autonomy. How much it's not even autonomy. It's it's how much kind of local flavor uh, will each of our campuses have? And campus pastors become understandably so passionate about their part of the city that you're in, and they're like, hey, well, we want to do things a little bit different. And obviously leadership development is one of the ways that a campus pastor can influence the culture of their particular campus. Totally. How, um, how did you kind of uh, live in that tension? Where did, you know, how did you, you know, offer, you know, common leadership development across all the locations, but then also allow some sort of local nuance? What did that look like for you? Um, I would say we had to get to a point where we had a, a difficult conversation on, how we were structured. Yep. Um, so at first we were structured, you know, the central person, the, the person who was over worship was in our executive team meeting mm-hmm. for the main campus. He was over worship for the, for the main campus. Mm-hmm. I've got, he has the way he wants to do things. And then I've got the campus pastor in Silver mm-hmm. Spring who, or you know, Arlington or someplace that has a lot of young adults. He wants his stuff to be a little different. Right. Um, and so it's saying, okay, 
who does that, who do those people report to? Do they report to that central person who's over that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mm-hmm. ministry area or do they report to the campus pastor? Mm-hmm. Well, they report to the campus pastor, but there was a disconnect between authority and responsibility that, mm-hmm. that was there. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways we addressed that was redoing our, um, our meeting structure where we said, Hey, we're having a, a strategic team. Um, and, at this point, you know, we'll have one kind of meeting for the campus pastors and, you know, the, the core guys, the, the two people that, you know, run all our facilities and run every, all the core services elements, they've got to be there mm-hmm. and the campus pastors have to be there. Uh, and then we're going to have a, a strategy meeting that's even above that, that it doesn't matter what your position is, what your title is. It's mm-hmm. just that you are the most strategic person um, to think about and process some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that helped, you know, really with uh, what that that helped tremendously um, in a very short period of time. Very cool. Well, and now why don't we pivot a little bit and talk about your work at uh, Lifeway Leadership and, you know, the, all the different, you, you know, doing a lot of different work there to help um, church leaders wrestle through, you know, developing their leadership pipeline. I love that staff where you said, hey, 91% of church leaders say it's really important uh, and only one in four actually do anything about it. Um, and you're obviously trying to take tackle some of that. You know, you've got a great podcast, the five, the five Leadership Questions podcast. You've got a conference coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening on that front? Okay, um, I would say you know one of the things listeners could do is go to um, either My Leadership Pipeline or they could go to Lifeway Leadership um, uh, and and quickly find um, Pipeline. Um, mm-hmm. Pipeline. There's a 20 page, you know, kind of breakdown of what it is and somewhat how to implement it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really the underlying philosophy of what we do. We would say, hey, every organization needs a pipeline and every person needs a pathway. Mm-hmm. We often forget that, uh, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, yes, it's by grace that we've been saved. However, verse 10 says we're God's workmanship and he has things prepared for us to do. We mm-hmm. also forget as pastors, there's only a couple places in the Bible where um, it's a, if you do this, I guarantee you this will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's in Ephesians 4, where, um, you know, church leaders are called to train the saints for the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. The result of that is they will be built up and measured in the fullness of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we forget we are more doers than developers. Right. So and true. what this is trying to do is make the shift um to allow you to be a developer and not just a doer because you know a lot of people want to develop mm-hmm. but they don't know but they, they don't have uh, when we dug in deeper into that research the top four reasons why people didn't have a plan in place is because uh, number one um, they didn't think they had time mm-hmm. number two they didn't have a framework for people to walk through mm-hmm. Uh, three was they didn't know how they didn't have the expertise in all the different areas to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're talking some, you know, most of our churches don't have a bunch of staff that are specialized in ministry. The ones that do a lot of those people, and it's a great thing. A lot of those people have been, uh, developed within the organization. And mm-hmm. so they haven't had some of the formal training that they may have needed to, mm-hmm. but it's just like, okay, what are the, core competencies that everybody in our church knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did almost two years of research with uh, a large group of people, everybody from, you know, Brad Lominick, who was part of starting catalyst mm-hmm. and, uh, Matt Clake, who's a leadership pipeline guy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
the guy who does HR for Walmart, <laughs> um, like who was also an XP. Yeah. Uh, so we got lots of different um, uh, Jenny Catron, who until recently was the XP at Ortberg's church. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got, I got basically anybody that I could, mm-hmm. anybody that I knew that was really passionate about leadership development in the church. Mm-hmm. And we went from, I asked them all to fill out, you know, what people needed at each level. And then we consolidated all that. It was 286 competencies. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, But what we ended up bringing that down was to six categories Mm. and putting those at different levels. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we brought in people like Will Mancini is the Mm -hmm. best person to talk about vision that I know of on the planet. Absolutely. So I got him to come in and do that vision tip to tail. Paul Tripp does discipleship tip to tail Mm -hmm. because whether you're on this very far right Mm -hmm. or you're on this side, you at least mm-hmm. respect him uh, on, on discipleship. Absolutely. So we very strategically went through that uh, to create a, a map, not a menu, a scope and sequence for people to walk through the pathway pieces. Absolutely, your small groups person needs small groups training. Right. So are they new? Are they a learner? Are they a leader? Are they a multiplier? Mm-hmm. And have three different stra- tracks in that section to bring people along. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and then again, you know, how does leadership transformation happen? It's really an overlap of knowledge, experience, and coaching. Mm. I'm not trying to digitize discipleship. I'm trying to give you mastery or proficiency in something. So when you have knowledge, that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what we're doing now. Information dumps on people. But when you couple that with experience and coaching, that's when the magic happens. And that's when you have transformation. I mean, the way you get a driver's license is first you have to display some knowledge. You have to take your written test, right? You ride alongside with somebody and drive and you know, you're getting coaching along the way. Mm So I don't know why, uh, we fail to think that, I mean, we're, we're a video enhanced, uh, system. Mm -hmm. We're not a video based driven. uh, We're, we're not video driven. Mm -hmm. It's not, it for your entertainment or Netflix for your church. Mm-hmm. Everything we do is in a scope and sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really should check it out. If you're the thing I love that, you know, just to underline what you said is the thing I love you're doing is you're providing a framework. You're providing, hey, here, you know, beyond just here's a bunch of random resources, here's a bunch of different topics. Um, it's like, hey, how does this all fit together to push people, um, to encourage people along that, uh, you know, development path? Anything else you want to talk about, Pipeline, just before we move on with the lightning round? Um, Pipeline Conference is sold out. Uh, well, I, there's less than 100 spots left, so I don't know when this will air, right. but uh, if it'll air before or after the conference even, but that's sold out. The coaching day that goes along with that sold out early, and it's 420 spots. That's great. And that's just us walking people through in a systematic way, helping them understand um, that most of them have not had a, this is going to sound like heresy, mm-hmm. But um, I learned this from Will Mancini, actually. Yeah. He asked me one day, he was like, when did you have your second conversion? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's heresy. And he's like, no, when did you convert from being a doer to a developer? And right. man, that story hit me just like that. Right. I had started a young adult ministry. Mm-hmm. It had you know, a couple hundred people come in. It was great. And I went to another church and I came back six months later and it was decimated. Right. Because you were And I realized, I realized that I, it was... I'd done it on hustle mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, personality of asking every friend I had to be there. Uh, and then when I went away, I didn't have, there was not a core conviction for leadership development there and there were no systems and processes in place. So, you know, it's, it's what we're trying to do with that is just, is just give people that opportunity, 
uh, to come in and, and process that and say, you can do it. Yes, I know Sunday's coming. And most of the time you come somewhere three weeks later, you get fired up and three weeks later, it's all gone because mm-hmm. Sunday's coming. And so what we want people to walk away with is that scope and sequence and real tools to uh, help them get along the way. It's not doing it for you, but it's just giving you a framework and some templates and tools mm-hmm. um, to help you get there and achieve some early wins so that you will be willing to invest. Mm-hmm. You know, I literally just yesterday, I was in a conversation with a young leader who, um, you know, I was challenging them to rethink their leadership and to rethink their service. And uh, they're very much caught in that doer developer paradigm. It, literally at one point in the conversation, you know, the leader looks at me and he says, because I was asking him to develop his people. And he says, well, yeah, but it's been going well with what I'm doing and it's it's working. And it was like I was challenging him. And, and I said, yeah, listen, I'm not debating that it's working. I'm not debating that, you know, the energy that's happening around you is, is positive. What I'm saying is it's not sustainable long term and it's not what you want to do. You know, I, I can't have you just being a doer. I need you to develop people. Um, I need you to be handing off these pieces of the ministry. Um, and, and that's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. But but this is where we need to go. This is your next step. And it was interesting seeing it, you know, and I, and I had sympathy for him as I looked back, you know, on my own ministry career at, you know, time earlier where I'm like, yeah, you do take um, a certain amount of pride and like, I'll just do it. I'll just muscle through. Uh, but that doesn't work long term. And that 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 builds um, weak ministries and it doesn't build, you know, sustainability into what we're doing. It's not the model that it's not the model that you want to set. Absolutely. I mean, when you do that, you're setting a very poor model. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the show where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the ep- on the episode. Today, we got Todd Adkins with us. Super happy to have you with us, Todd. Uh, what's an online resource that you're using these days that's particularly helpful for your ministry? Uh, there's, there's actually two that do something similar, but I use them with different groups. That's um, Slack and yep. HipChat. Yep. Um, and just, uh, you know, like when I got to, if you've ever been in an organization that used more activity streams than email, Mm -hmm. you will never look back. Right. Um, and what that does is it's just, it helps us keep short accounts. Mm -hmm. It helps us ask for things real time without sending an email, uh, helps us keep track of stuff and share things more easily. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And then I use buffer all, all the time. Nice idea collection Uh, and resending out. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last, I don't know, maybe six months to a year. I know you read a lot. Uh, that's had an impact on your thinking or (laughs) ministry. (laughs) Just one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, uh, Eric Geiger and uh, Kevin Peck. Kevin Peck's the executive pastor at Austin Stone. He's mm-hmm. a genius. Uh, they have a book out uh, right now called Design to Lead mm-hmm. that will outline, again, a lot of what um, uh, I'm working on, the how-to leadership mm-hmm. pipeline. But they do a really good job of laying the foundation of you know, why do we need leadership development. And they walk through a really healthy um, – they walk through it in a really healthy way, looking at creating a conviction, creating a culture, and then dealing with the constructs, the systems and process piece of how this really works. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin was just on the was just on the podcast. I literally just got my copy two days ago. Looking forward to jumping into that for sure. That's a, a great great resource, great leader for sure. So. I guarantee you, you will underline at least six things. <laughs> Okay. In the introduction. Okay, nice. Good. I'll, I'll take your challenge. <laughs> if not, I will buy you 
a very good cheeseburger the next time you're in Nashville. <laughs> nice, great. I'll well, do that anyway. Which will be at the Pipeline Conference, so that'll be good. <laughs> All right. What's uh, what's a ministry that uh, that you're looking to these days that's kind of um, inspiring you that you're like, hmm, that's a good people to follow and, and listen and watch? Well, I'm, you know, I would say Stone again and Austin, uh, Austin Stone and then the, the Summit Church out of um, Raleigh-Durham area, mm-hmm. uh, J.D. Greer's Church. Mm-hmm. They do a, a, an incredible job of sending people out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, you know, when JD closes a service, he says, you've been sent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a reminder every week mm-hmm. of what they're called to do. And mm-hmm. so um, another a church plant that I'm on the, the board of is uh, Restoration City in D.C. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that church planter went through that program and then they moved there with like 40 people. Wow. 40 people picked up their stuff That's and amazing. moved there. And that amazing. story has been repeated dozens of times, if not a hundred times by now, uh, within their church. In addition to, um, you know, the, the heavy missions component and the global component mm-hmm. and maybe not going for a lifetime, but going for five years mm-hmm. and doing businesses ministry, mm-hmm. uh, in another place. So Very I cool. love what they're doing. Nice. Very cool. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, uh, who would you want to get that with and why? <laughs> a- anybody. Can be anybody. Shoot for the stars. Oh, my goodness. Like, um, I don't know why, but I'm really attracted to crazy people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's like if I could get in a room with, you know, Kim Jong-un or um, Putin and just – I don't know. Somehow share Jesus with them because they really need that. Yes. Um, but also just to like go, how does this person, I'm a profiler. I yes. love all the personality stuff and yeah. I do that with staffs. So I do it with my staff. I do it with, with, with other churches and stuff, yep. but I love to profile people. So I would just want to be in a room and go, what, like what makes this person what tick? Here, what are yeah. they talking about? Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I can say this is the first time that Kim Jong or Putin have been mentioned on the podcast, which is I'm great. definitely an odd person. So. Uh, there have been a few Billy Graham references over the years, uh, but those are the first of those ones. So I appreciate you, uh, you know, <laughs> stepping out, which is great. All right. Well, I'm sure, you know, you've got a lot going on um, when you just want to kind of sit back and, and relax, do something for fun. What do you what do you love to do for fun? Um, I know this is going to sound really strange, but I love like. I love algorithms and uh-huh. social and I love stuff that I love trying to figure out things. Yep. Um, and so uh, it's really digging into a system and breaking it apart. Nice. Figuring out why it's not working. Like my strength finder, my number one is uh, strategic and the second is maximizer. So oh, I nice. really love those. Yeah. Doing that kind of stuff. And then um, for a while I really got into building guns. Building guns. Why didn't you know you could yep. do that? <laughs> Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> nice. Again, rural agricultural background. Yeah, totally. Uh, so everybody knew how to use their hands and it's like, this is just parts. So for a while you couldn't, you couldn't get your hands on guns, but you could get your hands on the parts. Oh, put them together. So it was, nice. uh, yeah. Cool. And I like old World War II stuff. So fun. Well, Todd, I appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with uh, LifeWay Leadership, how can they do that? Uh, Twitter is at Todd Atkins, mm-hmm. and then um, my email is Todd.Atkins at lifeway.com. Nice. Thanks so much, Todd. Really appreciate being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.